0: yo 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 welcome to another episode of the x-factor sports podcast i am your host jay Mondane, season two episode 11. thank you guys for tuning in tonight we are live on facebook youtube tiktok and twitter if you can't catch the video on wednesday nights every week you can always catch the audio on apple Podcasts, spotify iheartradio amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Thank you guys for tuning in. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, and of course, follow. We got a great show for you guys tonight. Looking forward to talking about all these different topics we got. We got our X Factor Players of the Week in NFL Week 10. We got that segment back for you. We got college basketball. But let's get into the quick news first. All right. Congratulations to the World Series champs. The Texas Rangers winning their first World Series in franchise history. I'm sure Nolan Ryan somewhere smiling down on the team. Congratulations to them. First title in history. They beat the Diamondbacks in five games. If you watched the last episode on Bet That, I had the Diamondbacks (laughs) extending the series to at least six, and they were not able to do it. So congratulations to... The Rangers had a great playoffs, great postseason, little bit of a scare in the ALCS against the rival Houston Astros, but they ended up finishing that off in seven games and just dominated the rest of the playoffs. Corey Seager, World Series MVP for the second time. He is a World Series MVP for two different teams, by the way. Corey Seager was the World Series MVP for the Dodgers back in 2020. And now he comes over to the Rangers. Money well spent. He's a World Series MVP once again. So congratulations to the Texas Rangers on their first World Series. NCAA college basketball is back. We are excited for that. Basketball started this week. Men's and women's basketball started on Monday. I'm excited to see where these teams go, what they do. We got a segment where we'll get dive more into it. But for the men and women, UConn Huskies won the men's title, LSU Tigers won the women's title. Will they repeat this year? You guys let me know what you think. Can UConn repeat? Can Angel Reese and the Tigers repeat as well? Kim Mulkey and the the crew, we'll see if they can repeat. Um, Then we got Caitlin Clark in Iowa. She's already hit the ground running. Had 28 and 10 the other night for Iowa, going in her senior year, ready to make a big impact. Let me know what you guys think. Which one of these ladies can be the national player of the year, Caitlin Clark or Andrew Reese? We also got Paige Buckers back, Paige Buckets, back for UConn women's basketball. She had an ACL tear last season, so she set out all last year. She's back, ready to go. Uh, ready to be primed to get UConn back to a Final Four. She may be one of the dark horses for a National Player of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year for sure. So Duke gets the number one recruit on the men's side. Duke gets Cooper Flagg, the number one recruit for 2024. Next season, the beat goes on with the Duke Blue Devils. They just continue to reload. Congratulations to John Shire for continuing the tradition at Duke of getting the number one recruits and the best players in the country. The Blue Devils just keep doing what they do. So congrats to them. All right, on to the NBA. Quick news. In-season tournament started last week. Very similar to the Commissioner's Cup and the WNBA for all my basketball junkies. If you watch WNBA, Commissioner's Cup is just a mid-season tournament that they do. Teams can win that cup. They play the games not in consecutive days. They usually break them off every other day or different weeks at a time. And then it ends on a certain day for the Commissioner's Cup Championship. The in-season tournament and the NBA Cup is the same thing. It started last Friday, ends in December, like December 9th, I think is the championship, something like that. So that has started already. Those games do count as regular season games. They count in your normal standings. They just set it up for pool play, kind of like soccer or Olympic basketball. Like we discussed last week, everybody's in different groups. And then the winner of that group, they go to a tournament stage, tournament style, and then you win that NBA cup. So that started last week. Just a way to generate more excitement, more fans get people excited about watching a regular season game and bringing some kind of, I mean, obviously we all know it's about revenue, but just brings more excitement to the casual fan, seeing the players play for something. So I think it's gimmicky. Like I told y'all last week, I think it's gimmicky. I like that they're doing something to try to, I don't know, make the NBA more exciting. For me, it's already exciting to see the best players in the world, best athletes in the world do their thing. But if you want to pull in more fans, unless one of these NBA players you know, get with a a music star or get with Beyonce or something like that. NBA has got to do what they got to do to keep up with the NFL and the Kansas City Swifties. So that's how we got to do that. Now, college football, we got a big college football weekend. A lot of college football playoff implications with these ranked teams going at it. You got number three, Michigan, against number 10, Penn State. Huge Big Ten game. From Michigan to stay undefeated going into Ohio State in a couple weeks. Miami is unranked going to Florida State, but Miami was great early on in the season. I think they got ranked all the way up to number 13 before their first loss. And that could be an upset alert game for Florida. They are ranked as high as they've been since Bobby Bowden, the coach. So that'll be an interesting game to watch, probably a game that I'm gonna key in on personally to see if there's going to be an upset. So, Miami and Florida State, be on the lookout for that. Also, we got Utah, number 18, Utah at number five, Washington. Again, Utah, great defensive team, going against a great offensive team, but they've ran the Pac 12 the last two years, back to back Pac 12 champions in Utah. And we got newcomer, up and coming Washington Huskies with the Heisman Trophy front runner, Michael Pennings Jr., quarterback. Number one in all offensive categories going against a good defense. That will be a game to watch as well. I don't know if it will be upset alert, but I like Washington being tested by a good defense. Let's see how they do. In the last game, to key in on, let's show some love to the Missouri Tigers. Mizzou's actually ranked, played Georgia tough a couple weeks ago. They're ranked number 14 in the country, seven and one, I believe. Great record. They go up against Tennessee, number 13. They host Tennessee. That should be a good game in the SEC. That will have SEC West implications versus the SEC East. They break the conference up into two divisions to play for an SEC title. Even though Georgia's undefeated, you still got to play in the West. So that'll be interesting to see if Mizzou can win a big time game on Saturday. Also, I say last but not least, but there are actually a couple more games. Georgia and Ole Miss, number nine, Ole Miss visits, number two, Georgia. I don't understand why the hell Georgia is number two in the country. They haven't lost a game in two years. They're back-to-back national champs. But for some reason, the college football rankings have them at number two. So a team that has not lost – there are players on that team that have not lost in college football. And they probably looked at that and was like, how are we number two? Like we don't lose. (laughs) They can literally make the case that they don't lose. And they're placed at number two. This is why you got to tune into the X Factor, college power rankings, because we give you the real. But number two, as it may seem on all the big networks, they got Ole Miss coming in at number nine. That should be a big SEC game like we just talked about with Mizzou and Tennessee. And then USC, even though USC is not ranked, Caleb Williams, They've lost a few games, still a big game against Oregon. It's still a rivalry game. It's the last time they play against each other in the Pac-12, so that makes it significant. Who will get the last laugh in that conference before they move over to the Big 10? So number six, Oregon, hosts USC. And the reason it's a big game is because Oregon is trying to keep their college football playoff hopes alive. They only have one loss. Also their Pac-12 championship hopes alive. They have one loss against Washington in a close game, and if Washington gets upset by Utah, you can see Oregon slide into that number one spot because they've already took care of business with Utah. So great college football this weekend. We got college basketball back. It's exciting times. Be sure to tune in on all of it because you know the X Factor Sports Podcast will be talking about it. Before we get into the segments, let's get into this. Michigan Wolverines are under fire. Let's use that term. If you guys have been watching the news lately, outside of all the things that have been happening overseas, of course, you know, prayers to those people out there, Israel and Gaza in that area. But if you've been watching the news from the sports world, Michigan has been dealing with basically Spygate from a college standpoint, Right they had to fire a an employee for violating the sportsmanship policy is what it's called in the NCAA they did some scouting and some surveillance off campus so you can do film sessions scouting in your vicinity or on your campus is when you go off site you're breaking the rules of the sportsmanship policy so Connor Stallions towel boy or somebody that worked for Michigan they had to let him go because he was on some Spygate stuff off campus, going to games, buying tickets, dressing up in clown costumes, disguises, doing everything he could to basically get intel for Michigan, allegedly. We gotta keep it allegedly, right? So they had to let him go because of all these allegations. And this is the second offense that Jim Harbaugh has had since he's been at Michigan He had one back in 2020, bought a kid a burger or a meal or something during the COVID shutdown. A recruit came out and he bought him lunch, I guess. So he suspended the first three games for that. Now we have this coming in. So my question to you guys, and as always, like, share, subscribe, comment. Let me know what you think. Should Jim Harbaugh be fired as the Michigan Wolverines head coach? Is it time for him to go? All right. With all that's going on with the Big Ten, the Big Ten is at odds because they don't know if they should step in. You have other schools, Purdue, Penn State, Ohio State, Rutgers. They're all saying that they want the commissioner of the Big Ten to step in and enforce some disciplinary actions to Michigan. However, the NCAA is already doing an investigation. So, If you're the commissioner of the big 10, you don't want to overstep, or you don't want to enforce any penalties on Michigan. If the NCAA is already doing their due diligence, right? Because if if the commissioner of the big 10 enforces penalties prematurely comes back, there's no evidence. Now, what do you do? You kind of lose credibility in the conference. So he has to step back. I understand that also Michigan is accusing Ohio State and Rutgers for giving away signals, doing the same thing. Basically, they're being accused of doing that and giving it to Purdue last season. So the Big Ten is a big mess. You got you got other teams from the Pac-12 that are coming in next season. Then you got this scandal going on, all this surrounding Michigan. And for Jim Harbaugh to deny it or say he has no idea what was going on is a fireable offense think about what happened with rick patino when rick patino was at louisville he had assistant coaches basically do whatever they can to get recruits to come to louisville i mean getting strippers in dorms taking their taking players to strip clubs doing all types of stuff sexual favors whatever you want to call it right allegedly but all of that happened And Rick Pitino was ignorant of the things that were going on in his program. But because of that, Louisville had to fire him, let him go, because the NCAA did their investigation. Turns out everything that they did, did happen, but he had plausible deniability. Still had to let him go from the program. I say all that to say this, Jim Harbaugh being the coach at a big program like that, you're the CEO of this program. You mean to tell me that if anything like that is going on, that you don't have any idea that it's happening in your program, especially when it comes to an, a competitive advantage of winning games? You have somebody in your organization that is sign stealing or doing ill advised scouting off site, allegedly. You mean to tell me that you didn't know that as the head coach, the CEO of the football team, using that information to get an advantage to win games. He absolutely has to be fired. If he's not fired for knowing about it, he should be fired for ignorance. Because how do you allow something like that to happen in your program and you not know about it? So it's the same thing that happened to Rick Pitino. They had to let him go. Because if it happens in your program, how do you not know about it? All of the programs, all the big programs in in college, the coaches know everything that's going on in their program. That's the reason a lot of these coaches don't don't take the next step to the NBA or the NFL is because they have complete control over the programs. To be a head coach at that level, it's an ego trip for sure. Do not be fooled that these coaches don't have an ego. They are in control of everything. Nick Saban is in control of everything that goes on in Alabama's program. He probably knows what these kids eat. He knows what the where these kids sleep, everything, blood type, whatever. But he's in control of his program. So for somebody of Jim Harbaugh's caliber, who's been an NFL coach, came back to college football to, I'm not saying he says he's denying it, but to, if there's an investigation going on about this, and it turns out that it happened, he has to go. You can't keep him in your program because one, he's not doing his job as a head coach or a leader of a program letting this thing slide, or he's lying about knowing about it. So either way, I think Jim Harbaugh needs to go if it turns out that all these allegations are true. So you guys let me know what you think. Like, share, subscribe, and follow. Do you think Jim Harbaugh should be fired from Michigan as the head coach when we come back to the x-factor sports podcast we are going to get into the x-factor week 10 of the nfl we're going to get into our x-factors for next week or this week i should say when we come back this is the x-factor sports podcast don't go nowhere
1: sports and want to stay informed about the latest news and content then you've got to check out this podcast the x-factor sports podcast is the ultimate source for your favorite sports news and analysis this host covers all kinds of sports you'll always be able to find something interesting to listen to plus the podcast is highly entertaining and will keep you on the edge of your seat every time so don't wait any longer subscribe to the x-factor sports podcast today.
0: Yo, yo, welcome back to the X-Factor Sports Podcast. Hope you guys liked that last segment. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, and follow. Anytime we have these types of questions on the show, I like for you guys to interact. Let me know what you think. If you agree or disagree with me, it's all good. That's what the show's about. It's about live interaction with the fans and enjoying watching the show at the same time. That's what makes the X-Factor Sports Podcast different from the rest. All right. Now let's get into the NFL week 10, our X factors for this week. Okay. When we do our X factors, we usually do the big games. We do Thursday night. We do early. We pick a early game on Sunday. We pick a late game on Sunday, Sunday night football. And of course, Monday night. So let's get into the X factors. All right. For Thursday night, we got bears hosting the Carolina Panthers tomorrow night at home. Justin Fields is out again for the fourth game. Tyler Bajant, the rookie, will start. Might as well call this the Tank Bowl (laughs) because the Panthers are the worst team in the NFL. The Bears are not that far behind them. And a nice little twist to this game the Bears get Carolina's first round draft pick in the trade from last year that they traded with their number one pick and getting DJ Moore. So the Panthers have something to play for. They obviously want to win in order to get the Bears a higher pick or a lower pick, I should say. So not a number one or number two. The more games the Panthers win, they're not giving up a high draft pick. The Bears obviously want to beat them so they have more losses and they get a lower pick. So the game is interesting, but it's a tale of two teams that are bad trying to figure out their future. So, With that being said, there is an X factor in this game, and I think it's going to be DJ Moore, right? DJ Moore will be the X factor in this game, former Carolina Panther wide receiver turned bear, He is the big reason that we're in this tank bowl. He's kind of in the middle of it all. He was part of the trade from last season, but I think he has a big game on Thursday. I think they focus on getting him the ball more, especially in the red zone, no pun intended with the Moore. But... I think DJ will have a big game. I see a touchdown and 100 yards receiving for DJ Moore tomorrow night. So if you got him in fantasy football, be sure to tap in and make sure he is locked and loaded. I think he has a big night. For the Sunday game, early, the game we're going to pick is the Browns and the Ravens. Big time AFC North division game very, very important. This is the best division in football, like we talked about at the beginning of the season. The AFC North, everybody is at least two games above 500 in this division. I don't know when the last time I seen this in, in football, but we got a great game on Sunday afternoon, the early game. Browns at Ravens. I say the defenses will be the X factors in this game on both sides. The Browns are the best defense in football. The Ravens are a top five defense as well. Rivals, they hate each other. The Ravens used to be in Cleveland for all my young viewers, wondering how the Baltimore Ravens got a football team. They used to actually be the Cleveland Browns until 99. And then they moved to Baltimore a couple years after that. So bad blood will always be between these two teams and their defenses are great. This is gonna be an old school game i think it'll be fun to watch huge division game the over under is at 38 and a half i say that's pretty accurate that may be spot on where that game's going to be around 38 points 20 to 18 17 20 something along those lines so i think it'll be a low scoring game even though lamar is starting to ascend with this offense I think this is a true test for the Browns' defense to kind of see where they're at with the best team in the AFC. So check in on that game, the two defenses. Coincidentally, I have both of these defenses on one of my fantasy teams, so I don't know which one of my defenses I'm going to play this week. So we'll see. I basically will base it off the quarterbacks. I think Lamar is a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson. Therefore, I'm going to play the Ravens' defense to go against Deshaun. So that's a little tip for you guys. If you're wondering how to play defenses, look at the quarterbacks they're playing against. All right. And the highlight of that, one team will get a pick six in this game. So I always pick an X factor and always give you guys a a stat to grab at. Pick six in this game. So be on the lookout for that. All right. The Sunday late game or afternoon game, you want to call it four o'clock games, three o'clock games. I say the Lions versus the chargers. This is a pivotal game for the Chargers. There's some there may be some people in the hot seat, if you know what I mean in terms of coaches, and it ain't Dan Campbell. So this is a huge game for the Chargers. They got a good team coming in, in the Lions. Lions playing good football. The X factors in this game will be a quarterback duel. Jared Goff versus Justin Herbert. I think the two quarterbacks will show out in this game. The Lions Have a good offense. Defense is a little suspect. Same with the Chargers. The Chargers actually have a defensive head coach, but their defense is eh. Outside of their front seven with Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, and the crew. Secondary is not that great. The Lions push the ball down the field. Justin Herbert is Justin Herbert with Keenan Allen against the Lions secondary. I think this will be a battle of the two QBs. Each QB throws three touchdowns. I think this is a high scoring game. I didn't put this in the bet that segment, but take the over, whatever it is. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I think these quarterbacks duel it out and look out for that. All right. The Sunday night game, you got the Jets at Raiders. Congratulations to Antonio Pierce, the interim head coach for the Raiders. They finally got that other guy out of there. Didn't deserve to be a coach in the first place. I'm not a big fan of guys, Josh McDaniels, who I'm talking about, just in case you were wondering. I'm not a big fan of guys that get offered a coaching position, accept the, the position, shake hands, look people in the eye, accept it, and then back out. He did that with the Colts a few years ago, left a bad taste in my mouth for him, just honor your agreement, man, that's all I, so he gave me a bad taste, ran back to daddy, Bill Belichick, and then, Found another job and came back out, came back outside and got fired. So, all is right in the world, I guess is what I'm saying. So, the Raiders got their guy, Antonio Pierce. Hopefully, they keep winning and he keeps a job. Always good to see another black quarterback, black coach get an opportunity. So, in that game, Jets Raiders, my X Factor is Josh Jacobs, the running back for the Raiders. All right. I think that he's going to have a great game. Antonio Pierce being the coach, I said all that to say this. Antonio Pierce is a hard-nosed, tough coach. He was a tough player. If you guys remember, he played for the Giants back in the day, won a Super Bowl with them, beating that undefeated Patriots team back in 07. Antonio Pierce was a linebacker on that squad. So I think he plays smash mouth, tough football. Josh Jacobs had two touchdowns last week. Rush for almost 100 yards. I see a a a repeat of that this week. I see Josh Jacobs with two touchdowns this week, running the ball. I don't think they get a lot done in that secondary with Sauce Gardner in the Jets, but I do see them running the ball a lot. Josh Jacobs had 26 carries, most he's had in the last few weeks. I see that trend continuing and Josh Jacobs being an X factor for that game. Now for the Monday night game, prime time, I don't know how the Broncos got a Monday night game, but they happen to get one. So congratulations to them on, on even being seen in national television. But Broncos playing against the Bills. I don't know how the Bills got a game either. They look bad. They're on a the down slide. So the Bills and the Broncos Monday night. I believe the X factor of this game is actually going to be wide receiver Cortland Sutton for the Broncos. So shout out to him. Good wide receiver, starting to pick up some steam with Russell Wilson. They got a good rapport. Jerry Judy is back healthy. I think Jerry Judy gets the attention, which leaves Cortland Sutton single covered, and he balls out. So look for him. If you watch the Bills game last week, it's kind of the same recipe. The Bills focused a lot on Jamar Chase last week in that Bengals-Bills game, which T. Higgins was able to get eight catches for 110 yards. So I feel like Cortland Sutton will get kind of the same treatment. They'll double on Jerry Judy, focus on him in a run game. Cortland Sutton balls out. So look out for that. I think the Bills are in trouble. I actually think the Bills missed the playoffs this year. They don't look good at all. They, they're wildly inconsistent. Josh Allen is inconsistent. He's thrown an interception in five straight games. They don't look good on the road at all. They lose close games because of bad decision-making. They they just don't look complete. I think that window, that championship window, opened and closed. It closed real fast on them, and I think they break this thing up if they don't make the playoffs. But looking at the AFC North and every team being two games over 500, If the Bills don't win the AFC East, which I don't think they will because the Dolphins will, I find it very hard for them to get in the playoffs if they continue to trend the way they are. So with that being said, Cortland Sutton, the wide receiver for the Broncos, is the X factor for that game. Sutton gets eight catches and a touchdown from Russell Wilson. So that's what I got this week for you guys. For my X factors, we got DJ Moore, Browns and Ravens defense. We got a quarterback duel in Jared Goff and Justin Herbert. We got Josh Jacobs at running back, and we got Cortland Sutton at wide receiver. So if you got those guys in fantasy, make sure you play them. Good luck this week in fantasy football and picking your teams. All right. When we come back to the X Factor Sports podcast, we get to everybody's favorite segment. We call it Bet That, where we got a five leg parlay. We mix in some college basketball with some nfl you don't want to miss this bet that segment we'll be right back
1: of the x-factor sports podcast is here be sure to tune in live every wednesday night on youtube facebook and TikTok for real unbiased sports talk jay mondane is bringing a fresh new point of view on the sports world You don't want to miss out. Subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today. Audio available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. The X Factor Sports Podcast. Real talk for real sports fans.
0: Yo, yo welcome back to the x-factor sports podcast season two episode 11. thank you guys for tuning in be sure to like share subscribe and of course follow on the x-factor sports podcast youtube facebook tiktok and twitter we are live every week all right if you missed the episode you can always catch the audio of all the x-factor sports podcast episodes on apple Podcasts, spotify iheartradio google Podcasts, and amazon music be sure to check us out all the time all right now with your favorite segment call it bet That." this is where we get into our five leg parlay you guys can make your bets we are not bookies we are not experts we just love talking about sports and we love betting on it so we got a leg five leg parlay for y'all this week first leg of the parlay we got the browns and the Ravens, we talked about it in our X-Factors last segment. We are gonna go ahead and take the Browns to cover this spread, all right? The spread is at six. We just talked about how good both of these defenses are. The Browns have not been beat by more than a touchdown all season, except one time. They got blown out by the Ravens. So I feel like they're gonna come back with a little bit of revenge. They're gonna play a little bit better. I think they're peaking at the right time. Again, best defense in football. Have not lost a game by more than four points all season long. So I feel like in a rivalry game with two good defenses, giving, almost, uh, giving up almost a, a touchdown is a lot. So I'm gonna take the Browns to cover this spread. I don't think they get beat by six points in this division rivalry game with two good defenses. Low scoring game, but I think it's close. I'm not saying the Browns will win the game. I'm just saying they won't get beat by a touchdown. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Browns to cover that. All right? A lot of points on the best defense in football to beat them by. The next leg, we got 49ers back off a bye week going up against Jacksonville. I'm going to go ahead and take the 49ers straight up against Jacksonville. 49ers coming off of a bye week. Debo Samuel back healthy. I think they... Start to make a push. Check this stat out. Since Kyle Shanahan has been the coach of the 49ers, the Niners are 16 and 30 before their bye week under Kyle Shanahan and 36 and 16 after the bye. They're winning almost 70% of their games after the bye week. And this is fresh off the bye, off losing three straight. I think they come out pissed off. They need somebody to take it out on. With Debo coming back, I think they make a statement, beating a good football team on the road in Jacksonville. I'm going to go ahead and take the 49ers straight up to win that game. All right? The third leg, we got NBA. We switch it over. We got Warriors at Nuggets. That game is actually tonight. I'm going to go ahead and take the Warriors to cover the spread at three and a half on the road. The Warriors are three and one against the spread this season. They're four and oh on the road actually, but I'm gonna take them to cover. The reason why, Nikola Jokic is a game time decision and Jamal Murray is out. He's gonna miss some significant time with that hamstring. Early in the season, I feel like they're gonna make sure he's 100%. The Nuggets have gotten to a place, being an NBA champion, they look more big picture now. They're looking to the playoffs, April, May, June. So. Playing a long game, Jamal Murray will sit. Jokic may play because it's a primetime game, I believe. But I got the Warriors covering that three and a half point spread, right? The fourth leg. So if you do this parlay, this five leg, you won't reap the benefits until Tuesday of next week because these next two legs are college basketball. And these two games are for the Champions Classic where Duke, Michigan State, Kentucky, and KU playing every year. And so the fourth leg of the parlay, we got Duke versus Michigan State, number two versus number four. I'm going to take Duke to win this game. Duke historically beats Michigan State in this game. They historically beat Michigan State all the time in the tournament, regular season, in the backyard, doesn't matter. They kind of have Michigan State's number. So I'm going to take Duke straight up to win this game. Um, senior leadership in Jeremy Roach and Ryan Young. They have the size and the versatility with Kyle Filipowski coming back, seven foot sophomore. And they have Mark Mitchell who came back for a sophomore year at 6'9". Freshman Christian Reeves at seven feet. Like they just have all the size, versatility. They have the shooting, they have the point guard, Tyrese Proctor's back. They come back reloaded. I feel like this is a big game for them to test where they are. And I think Duke is on a mission to try to get to a Final Four this year with everybody that came back. So I'm taking Duke straight up to win this game. Also, Michigan, they always start off a little clunky early in the season. They play a tough schedule in the beginning to to benefit them in March. Um, So I think Michigan – is Michigan State, they've already lost the game. They lost their first game of the season to like fournum or somebody like that. A game they shouldn't have lost, they lost in overtime. So good defense, don't have any shooters, athletic kind of typical Michigan State DNA. I'm gonna take Duke to win this game, straight up, all right? And Duke has the most wins in the Champion Classic with seven. So I think they add another one to that list. So I'm going to go ahead and watch them. They average over 80 points per game. I got Duke winning straight up. KU, the nightcap, is KU and Kentucky. Number one, KU versus number 16. I'm going to take Kansas to win this one straight up as well. For some of the similar reasons I said Duke will win, they got point guard, veteran leadership experience at that position. Dewan Harris, they got uh, Kevin McCullough, who's coming back for like his eighth year. I mean, this dude is been in college forever, so they got him. And then they got a uh, transfer from Michigan, Hunter Dickerson. Want to see how he looks in prime time. I think KU has the experience versus the youth of Kentucky. Usually plays out in these games. Unless you just have a transcendent freshman star that can just intimidate. Kind of like a couple years ago, Kentucky played against Duke. And it was Zion first game. And I think Zion just intimidated them because of all his star power. They ended up blowing Kentucky out. I don't see that in this game. Kentucky doesn't have one of those players. So I think KU with their experience wins this game straight up as well. So that's what we got for our five leg parlay. We got a mixed bag of football, NBA, and college basketball. Go ahead and take the Browns to cover the six points. Go ahead and take the 49ers on the money line straight up. You can take the Warriors to lay the three and a half. Then you got the Duke Blue Devils winning the money line against Michigan State in the Champions Classic and KU beating Kentucky with the nightcap. All right, be sure to lock those in. Let me know what you think about the bet that segment, the parlays. I get a lot of reactions off camera, off site. Everybody likes when I do it. So I enjoy doing it as well. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, and comment all the time when we do bet that, all right? When we come back to the X-Factor Sports Podcast on a quick break, we will talk about the NCAA. We'll give a quick preview of what we think about the men's side, who will win the national championship. This is Jay Mondane of the X-Factor Sports Podcast. We'll be right back. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X-Factor Sports Podcast. We told you we're coming right back in. Thank you guys all for tuning in, especially those on TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Thank you guys every week for tuning in to the X-Factor Sports Podcast. We are at Season 2, Episode 11, and wouldn't be this far without the fans. So, let's get back into it. College basketball this is a question for the audience. Who will win the national championship and why? All right. Our top teams, Vegas odds has Kansas, Duke, Purdue, Kentucky, and Michigan state as their favorites to win the national championship this year. Four of those five teams are playing in the champions classic next week. And then you got Purdue. They have the reigning, national player of the year who came back to school. So of course, Purdue is gonna be in the mix for being a national championship contender. Well, who do we think will win and why? What do you need? Let's talk about what ingredients you need first to win a national championship. You need a great mixture of youth and experience, I believe. You need great guard play and leadership. Every team that I've seen win a national championship had great guards. Whether it's a floor general, some a, a dog that can just take over a game at any point, go get you a bucket if you need it, make the right plays, anything, get set up his best players to 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 go out and get and score whatever it may be. There's always an extension of a coach on the floor in the guard position. So I believe that defense, of course. Having rim protectors or athletic wings that can, that's versatile, that can defend on the wing and go down low in the paint and defend as well. Always good to have good defenders. Three point shooting, the way the game has changed now, teams that get hot, a lot of upsets happen because of three point shooting, but you need a team that can consistently make shots as well. So that is a big component in winning a national championship. And you need great coaching. I've always subscribed to this rule of thumb when it came to college basketball and when it came to picking my brackets. The players win the first three games, the coaches win the last three. So what I mean by that, NCAA tournament, 64 teams, yeah, you can do the 68 first four, whatever. But the the six games that matter, the round of 64, 32, sweet 16, I believe the players win those games. Usually the better team wins those games or the better players, right? So yes, you're going to get upsets. You're going to get the Fairleigh Dickinson's. You're going to get the, you know, the mammoths, You're going to get those teams that can, UMBCs. You're going to get those teams that will upset, right? Because they may have senior leadership. They may have those ingredients we talked about. They may have good guards, a, a bunch of players that have been playing college basketball for years, they have experience, they played over a hundred college basketball games. So they're, they're used to it. You get those in the first three games. Once you get past that sweet 16, you get into the elite eight final four national championship. The coaches win those games. If you notice over the last few years, the top coaches, the best coached teams have won those games. Cause usually, It's about even when it comes to the talent. When you get to an Elite Eight, the talent is about even. It's X's and O's. It's adjustments. It's all those things, last five minutes of the game, executing game plans that win those games. So I've always believed that. The players win the first three games. The coaches win the last three. All right? And with that being said, I think that Duke is the favorite to win this national championship this year. I think they have all of these components. Not to say these other four teams don't. I think that Duke is primed to win a national championship this year because of what they bring back from last season and what they have with them this year. They check all the boxes with the pros returning. Kyle Filipowski was a first-round draft pick and decided to come back to school. Got surgery on both hips. He feels better than he's ever felt. He's hundred percent healthy. So I'm excited to see how he looks. Mark Mitchell came back. He was a part of the recruiting class with Grady Dick from KU. He was an All-American as well in high school, McDonald's All-American. He decided to come back for another year. Jeremy Roach came back for another year. He was going to the league. He's our veteran senior point guard. So there's the leadership right there. You got the youth in Kyle Filipowski, Mark Mitchell. You got the versatility. The defense, the shooting, also got the point guard and Tyrese Proctor coming back as well. He can play off the ball. Him and Jeremy Roach can kind of share that responsibility of guard play. He's got experience in the tournament as well. He checks that box. Add in a great recruiting class. I'm excited to see this kid. There is a kid that Duke has and he broke Zion Williams's record for standing vertical. This kid can jump standing vertical 36 inches and broke Zion's record. I'm excited to see him play 6'9", a legit 6'9", Sean Stewart. Dad played in the NBA for a few years. I'm excited to see what this kid can do. I think John Shire has put together another great recruiting class. Come- compiled with the players that he brought back. I don't know how the hell he was able to get these guys to come back to school, but I'm glad he did. I'm excited to see what they do, but I think they get everything. I think they have all the components to win a national championship. And I think they do it this year. They are built for March. I think they run through the ACC. Yes, they're gonna lose some games. People start to panic over teams losing games early in the season, none of that matters. Just like I alluded to in episode nine, the rankings for college sports shouldn't come for at least a month into the season. I don't think that these preseason rankings even matter to me. KU was number one ranked in the preseason. They lost to Illinois in an exhibition game. Michigan State is ranked number four in the country. They just lost to a non ranked Fordham team at home in overtime. Even on the women's side, LSU, number 1 ranked team, national defending national champs, brought everybody back to school. They just lost to Colorado at home. The women's team. In a in a first game of the season. So, these rankings mean nothing to me in the rec, in the preseason. Okay? It's just a number next to the school name to me. The ranking should come out I say not till like Christmas. I need to see a month, five weeks of basketball being played. See these guys go head to head and these women go head to head. And then you rank them based off the resume that they play. Because a lot of this is predicting what your strength of schedule is gonna be, what your recruits are coming in. We don't know how these dudes gonna play. We don't know how these freshmen play. They're playing against men now. So I would like to evaluate how they play up against other men, up against college competition, playing in big arenas for games that matter, playing defense for 40 minutes. You know, none of these freshmen play defense, AAU ball. So having to actually learn how to win and play at a high level, then we can rank them and see where they're at. That's what I believe. So you guys let me know what you think about that. But all that being said, with the recipe, herbs and spices, little Creole seasoning, all that blended together, I think the Duke Blue Devils are poised to win a national championship this year. You guys let me know, like, share, subscribe, answer, and let me know what you think, who you think has the best chance of winning the national championship this year on the men's side, all right? When we come back, we're gonna close the show out with the two-minute warning. You don't wanna miss this one. This is the X-Factor Sports Podcast.
1: sports and want to stay informed about the latest news and content, then you've got to check out this podcast. The X Factor Sports Podcast is the ultimate source for your favorite sports news and analysis. This host covers all kinds of sports, you'll always be able to find something interesting to listen to. Plus, the podcast is highly entertaining and will keep you on the edge of your seat every time so don't wait any longer subscribe to the x-factor sports podcast today
0: yo yo welcome back to the x-factor sports podcast this is your host jay mundane season two episode 11. thank you guys for tuning in tonight we've had a great show i've had a lot of fun talking about a lot of different things. College sports is back, holds a special place in my heart as a college, as a former college athlete. I get excited to watch those boys play. So it's fun to see, good time. We got all the sports mingled together. All right, before we get out of here though, something that's close to my heart I wanted to talk about, talking to one of my best friends this week, always touch base with him. Um, We go back and forth, just checking on each other mentally, make sure we're okay making sure he's doing all right. I know that's a struggle there. So my boy, I wanna, I appreciate you for always tuning in to the show. And I hope that everybody has someone in their life that they can talk to when they need them the most and not just when times are good. So what I wanna talk about for this two minutes is mending relationships before they're too late, before it's too late, okay? Especially when it comes to your family. There may have been an argument, a bicker, something may have happened in your relationships, whether it's your mom, your, your your kids, your aunts, uncles, whoever it may be, your siblings. You never want anything to hold over you in terms of regret, okay? Regret is something that holds a lot of people back from happiness. It holds a lot of people back from moving forward so you never want to hold on to that regret all right men relationships with people before it's too late if it's worth it of course so you don't want to live with regret and you don't want to live with what ifs so i try to be a good component of that proponent of that even with even in home even in my home now you know me and miss d if there's ever a conversation or ever a disagreement I don't like holding stuff in. I don't like silent treatment. We're going to mend that now, get through it, move forward. And then we laugh about it later. So that's one of the biggest things I like to talk about is just mending those relationships before it's too late. You don't want to have that regret. Sometimes we have to be the bigger person, even if it wasn't your fault. Even if you made a mistake and you didn't intend to hurt the other person, just Take the steps in that direction to mend those fences is always good. Now I'll leave you with this. The person who takes the first step to reconciliation is stepping in the right direction. All right. So think about that. If you have somebody or something going on or an issue that went on in the past, be the first person to take that step. And you're the one that's moving in the right direction. All right. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. This is Jay Mondain of the X Factor Sports Podcast. Be sure to tune in next week. It is a season finale. You don't want to miss the season finale of season two. We are going to dive more into the NBA. Obviously, college basketball will have the results of the Champions Classic we'll talk about. We will dive into week 11 of the NFL, of course. We will talk about our contenders versus pretenders in the NFL. You don't want to miss next week, the season finale. Thank you guys for tuning in. We are out. Peace.